Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Jamie Lindsay has released several great country rock singles over the past few months and the latest is the highly entertaining This Is Who I Am and I'm going to ask him about that and other things. Hi, Jamie. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm interested to hear about your Tamworth Country Music Festival. How was it? Amazing. Tamworth is very, very special. Uh, This was my best year yet and I think that's purely because of just the momentum that I've been getting over the last couple of years since coming back to country music. I remember the first time I went to the awards a few years ago, um, you know, the after party after the awards, I literally latched on to anyone that I knew and, and which was not too many people. And so I was, I was really a third wheel and, and, and I kind of felt like that as well. Um, um, but this time around, it was very different. You know, the last couple of years I've been building up connections and look, there, there were a lot of people that I did know from the late 90s when I was in the country music, but it's changed so much and, and, and there's so many new young players and new artists. And so um, a couple of years ago, it was very different. I, I, I really kind of felt, look, I mean, because the country music industry is very much a family. It really is, you know, um, and, and, and it's a very... I'm not going to say the word clicky because that kind of puts a bit of a negative thing on it. It's not, but it just takes a while for you to get into that family um, and be known by other people and industry people and have people come up to you and go, hi, Jamie, how are you? Oh, I love that song that you put out, blah, blah, blah. That takes time to build that. Um, and the last couple of years I haven't had that. I've been working towards it. And I felt that this year... Um, and it was actually really cool because this year they had the industry um, party before the event, which oh, I personally felt worked so much better because um, previously it's been after the awards mm-hmm. and not everyone um, goes to it, you know, if you've won or whatever, you might go off and do your own thing and everyone's celebrating and um mm-hmm. People by that stage have probably had a bit too much to drink yeah. and, and, and tend to um, dribble on a little bit, you know. But this year it was before the awards and um, it was for like a couple of hours before the awards. And it was wonderful. It was amazing. We were all in this big room. No one had won anything yet. Everyone was catching up. Um, and I was just bouncing from group to group and it felt absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, like like I just knew a lot more people, I knew a lot more artists, and I was able to not feel like that third wheel. I actually felt like a part of the industry, which um, felt amazing. It was really good. And it's also the one time of the year that you can all see each other because you know everyone's living in different parts of Australia. They're on the road doing shows, and it's the impression from the outside may be that oh, the family keeps in touch regularly, and you may do via other means. But to actually see each other in person, it's often just once a year. It really is, um, and you know you you follow everyone on social media, and you know you're always commenting on you know congratulating them on on 
achievements throughout the year, but it's really nice. And like there was actually a couple of people that came up to me and said, you're Jamie Lindsay. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I follow you on social media, love your songs, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I follow you too, but I've never actually met you in person. <laughs> so it's it's a really special time. Tamworth, Tamworth's amazing, man. The buzz of Tamworth, you roll into town, you know, I think the population is like 60,000, 70,000, but there's probably another 40 or 50,000 people go to Tamworth just for those 10 days. And it just buzzes. It absolutely buzzes. Um, it's a it's a wonderful time, not just for the town, but it's a wonderful time for country music. And I just love it. I, it's, a, it's a really special place. And I hold Tamworth very close to my heart. If you're a country artist, you you need to be in Tamworth, even if you're not gigging, because it's, it's actually quite hard to get gigs there because there's just so much going on, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you're aspiring to be a country artist, you just need to go there and network and talk to people and watch what people are doing and how they're, like, for myself, I learned so much about merchandise from watching what other people are doing, you know. Um, there was a certain kind of hat that I realised that everyone was wearing. It was it was a certain colour trucker hat that I was like, and I've got my own hats and I love my hats and they sold really, really well. But I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of the fashion right now, what everyone's kind of into, that colour, that style. And I was like, right, as soon as I go home, I'm going to, place an order for that so that I can kind of become a part of that as well. So learning about that side of the business mm. from watching other artists and, and watching what they do and how they um, um, run their own thing is fascinating. So, yeah, you've got to go to Tamworth no matter what. Even if you don't have any really big shows, you just need to be there and be a part of them. I would never have thought about merch in that way I'm like of course yes yeah that's why it's also I guess the festival functions a bit like a conference there aren't organized sessions, but the gigs are the organized sessions yeah look I mean the gigs are just a way of of showcasing you know yourself you know you can't really um you know you 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 can't treat Tamworth as I'm going to Tamworth to make money Mm -hmm. you know I mean you you can, but it's really it's it's more about advertising and promoting yourself um, with a captivated audience. You know, you've got country music lovers yeah. right in front of you. You know, and it's like um, you know they're all there and they love country music. And and um, I didn't, um, I wasn't able to get my T-shirt run in time, but the amount of people that were asking me for T-shirts, I sold lots of W holders and I sold lots of CDs, obviously, um, and heaps of hats, heaps of trucker hats, and they were asking me for T-shirts and they, you know, they would have bought whatever I had because it's it's the novelty of, of mm-hmm. being with it. And actually a lot of artists that I saw had special edition Tamworth T-shirts, you know, um, that I thought were a great idea. You know, you probably just do a small run, but, you know, a lot of people were buying those things um, because it's that special moment. You know, they saw you at Tamworth um, and it becomes a collector's edition, you know. You know, the tour of Michael Jackson 1987 or something like that is, is, is is a really cool thing to have. And I'm 
I'm all about the fans. I want to make sure that, um, you know, that that the people who start to follow me and that really engage in my music, I want to make sure that I've got cool stuff for them. And and, and I gave a lot of stuff away too. You know, it's not all about, um, as I said, you know, you're not trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm certainly not anyway, but, you know, you just want to, you want to gather fans. You want to, you want to gather more soldiers for your army, have people out there talking about your music, talking about you as a person, being a good person. And I gave away heaps of stuff because I just, fans loved it and um, it was like, you know, have a hat, wear it, you know, it's a hot day, wear my hat. And people love a memento, which I think is why CDs have endured in country music longer than they have in other genres because people want to come to the show and take something away with them. Exactly right. And a lot of people just buy that for the sake of of, of having something tangible that um, you can sign and you can say to Sophie, thank you for believing and blah, 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 you know, and, and, and you know, they probably won't even play it because they'll just listen to all of your catalogue on um, streaming, you know. Um, but it's that tangible thing that they can take home and they can go, well, I saw him, he signed it for me, and it's mm-hmm. just that little piece of you that they get to take home. It's really, really important, you know, um, especially in these times because the only way that musicians or artists can actually make any money, you know, there's there's unless you're Ed Sheeran and at that kind of level, you're not really making any money from streaming. You know, it's, it's, it's pitiful, you know, it's really bad. So, you know, artists at all levels can, can make money from gigs mm-hmm. and they can make money from merchandise, you know, um, like to sell a $30 hat, I need 10,000 streams. Yeah, know? right. It's, it's, it's 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 ridiculous, but that's the reality of of you know gone are the days um, where you go into sanity and you know those uh, that model has has changed so much. So whatever you can you can do for your fans and and you know that's how most of our, us make you know actual money is, is is from merchandise and the gigs, you know, ticket sales, all that kind of stuff. You know, no one's hardly making any money from streams. Yeah. It, we could talk at length about that um, because there is a lot to say about how the industry has changed. However, I do want to talk about your new song. This sure. is who I am because we've been talking about the love of country music that brings people to Tamworth. This is a song about you loving country music, well, reclaiming your love of country music, which you had and then it went away a bit. And I'm wondering if if there was a time when you thought country just wasn't cool. 100%. And that was when I was about 20, 21. You know, I'd moved over to the mainland. I was living in Melbourne and I was just associating with other musicians to what I was exposed to in Launceston. You know, I grew up really country. I listened to country music. My mum you know, was was such a fan of American country music. And so that's just what I was raised on, which is what I say in the song, you know. Um, but when I got to a certain age and I moved over and I was just hanging out with different musicians that were on the scene and I just, I was just, I was exploring, you know. I was, I was um, you know, finding different genres that were appealing 
to me. You know, I guess I was always a country boy at heart, but I was just I was just exploring my musical taste, which led me in to the rock and roll world, I guess, because I could sing it, I could play it, I could write it, and it felt right to go down that road. And then, um, you know, reflecting on all that now and coming back to country music, you know, I really feel like I've done a whole kind of like, you know, you know, been there, done that and came back to where it all started for me. Um and and country music is is definitely who I am, you know. Um, it's definitely what makes me tick. But, you know, I've I've always written country songs without even realizing it, but I just never had a vehicle, or I was never in the in the in the right frame of mind to do anything. Like my next single, even though we're talking about this single, my next single is something that I wrote in the early two thousands. Which, and, and, and it's a great song, and I don't want to let the cut out of the bag too early. It's a, it's a great song, and it'll, it will make a great country song. But I wrote it in the early 2000s when I was doing a completely different style of music. So I just, I just shelved it. I locked it away in the vault thinking that maybe one day I would, I would do something with it when the time's right. Well, the time's right now, you know. This is who I am is definitely a throwback to my roots and the journey of my musical career thus far. And it's great, especially the 90s, you know. I say in the second verse how inspired I was with 90s country with that whole wave of Garth Brooks and, you know, that whole thing, which changed the face of country Mm. music. You know, it really made it popular. Garth Brooks was at one stage was the biggest thing on the planet. Yeah, yeah he was. Now it's, you talk about your mum playing um, Elvis and oh, Elvis and Dolly are mentioned in the song. I should yes. say. You talked about her playing American country artist, but she was a cabaret performer, which really interested me. She so was. that must've been fun. Her, well, I'm presuming she did a bit of cabaret around the house. Maybe she didn't. No, she did. She, she sang always, you know, she always sang, you know, she'd be cooking or she'd be doing and she always sang. She loved music so much. You know, my dad was a bulldozer driver. He's a, he's a real man's man. And so even though, you know, in his own way, he did like music, there was, there was nothing in the record collection that belonged to him. You know, it was, it was all my mum. You know, she loved music. She, she loved to sing. She, you know, she did a little bit of performing. She probably would have liked to do more, but I think, you know, with the kids and just family life, it, you know, it, it, it probably held her back a little bit. So, you know, but, but she loved Dolly Parton. Oh, my God, in our house, Dolly was the queen and king. Like, I remember just Elvis, like, she cried, like, I was born in 77 on the 11th of August and Elvis died five days later on the 16th. So she tells me the story that she was in hospital holding me, feeding me, and she heard on the radio that Elvis had died. She cried for hours because of the death. You know, this is the impact that Elvis had on people. You know, he Mm. was the king, you know. (laughs) You know, that's just how special he he was you know so um but yes yeah my mom had a huge influence and then even when I started playing guitar at nine and ten you know 
when I could play these songs, we'd sit around and she'd sing them with me. You know, she'd sing them and I would play guitar and yeah. my sisters would sing as well. We'd all have these little kind of family little jams, you know, and it was it's just so special to have that. And I, and, and I think this is who I am, you know, touches on that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've been a live performer for quite a while and you play gigs regularly. Performance is its own skill. So I'm wondering if there's anything that you learned specifically from her about performance or anything she might have told you. Oh, great question. I think subconsciously, yes, without me even realising it. I think as a performer, you know, I've, I've, I've matured over the, over the years and, I, I you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing because it's, you know, have I learned it? just from years and years and years of doing it or did I pick things up subconsciously from my mum when she would stand in the lounge room and she would sing and how she would hold herself? I'm not too sure. Probably a little bit of both, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but I I just I just feel really blessed that I was able to have that in my life from an early age. And and I think the the biggest thing that she probably taught me was just probably confidence, you know, that that she would feel freely enough to just sing to us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's that's really special because some people singing is a is 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 the most personal thing that you could do. It's your voice, you know, you're putting it out there to be judged, you know, and and you know, um to be able to sing and have confidence when singing is 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 quite a beautiful thing it also sounds like she gave you permission to have joy in day-to-day life because she brought music into the home and obviously like sounds like she just lived music while you were growing up absolutely i remember there's a there's a really special moment like we used to have a um family shack that was about like an hour and a half away from our house when my sisters were older and they were you know, living their own lives. And I was kind of the last one at home. My mum and I would go for the weekend to the shack and and just be her and I. And we would listen to Roy Orbison's greatest hits from the time we left. And I was into, I mean, I was actually into some probably heavy, heavy metal or Metallica or Guns N' Roses or something like that. Not Roy Orbison, but she would, you know, her car, her rules, her music, right? So, you know, what, you know, from the time we left, we would listen and we'd keep flipping over the tape, you know, and we did listen to it. And I I pretty much know every Roy Orbison song, but I appreciated it and I respected it so much. And we'd have sing-alongs on the way up there and she'd be singing her heart out to Roy Orbison and, and subconsciously that probably helped me as a songwriter mm-hmm. as well, you know, when I was... Um, started writing songs, you know, all these things that we take on board when we're younger without us realising, you know, makes us who we are. It really does. And I just had that special moment and we do that, you know, several times a year where it was just Royal, you know, Royal Orbison or, or it was Dolly Parton or it was Willie Nelson or Elvis or whatever and you would just listen to things over and over again, <laughs> um, and yeah, I never and I never got sick of it. I just, I just always remember, you know, probably at the time I was like, oh bloody guys, Roy Orbison again, man. Oh god, where's last time? You know, 
but then I would shut up and I'd be just be, you know, five minutes down the road and I'm like, pretty woman walking down. <laughs> that, was, that was probably your mother's cunning plan, of course. To, probably. To make that happen. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But she did have a massive impact on me um, from a very early age and, and still today she's very supportive. She's, she's such a wonderful woman and she's always just let me be me you know so really cool well so this is who i am is a great upbeat party kind of song and you have released a few of these now and it's exactly the season for parties summer and uh, so i wonder <laughs> if you've been playing some summer party gigs at all i have i've been doing so many um and you know for me i kind of when i'm working out my releases you know i want to you know i want to make sure that you know i i, I do have these upbeat songs because I like to dance. You know, well, you know, I like to make people move and 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 um, do all this kind of thing. Um, it's really important, you know. You, you you you've got to get people moving. You've got to get people dancing. You really do, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it is important for me to to have these upbeat songs. I've got a couple of slow ones, but yeah, I much prefer to get people moving. Yeah. And it sounds like in that respect, you are your mother's son as well, because she got you up and moving in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and um, having a beat is good. And I just, I just like the energy of it. This is just, yeah, let's, you know, punch in the air. And yeah, I feel like this way too. So when I'm producing a song or, you know, recording a song, I'm very mindful of tempos. You know, I actually I actually dance to click clacks, you know, to to like the click, like the metronome. I'm I'm kind of like sitting in my studio and I'll and I'll record a bit of the verse and, and that and then I'll play it back and I'll make sure that it feels good. You know, when I was doing open road, I wanted to to make sure that when I was sitting in my car. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to drive. I'm ready to go. This is the right tempo for driving. So, you know, it's really important when you're producing a song to get the right tempo. And that can take me, can take me a while actually, you know, because you go, is it 81 BPM or is it 82? 83 feels a little too quick. Let's go 80 now, a little bit slow, maybe 81, maybe 82, you know, and and, right. and I I really lock in on that. And I might just sit on a click track for a good hour or so and make sure, play the song several times and make sure this feels really good. And I, yeah. you, know, you know, I kind of, it's making me move. So if it makes me move, there's probably a big chance it'll, make everyone else move too well this is a, a good song to move to it did make me move as well um cool. and it sounds like you're working on a new song so i look forward yeah. to hearing that one but for the time being i'm going to leave you to your afternoon jamie great to talk to you thank you so much Steph. thanks for listening to the sunburnt country music podcast for more australian country music interviews and reviews and other things go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.